0: Welcome to Monday Musings on the Elliot Resnick Show. So, today, Joe Biden visited Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. Numerous people are hailing him as brave. News commentator Yossi Gestetner, though, notes that Canada's prime minister visited Ukraine in May of last year, the French president, German chancellor, and Italian prime minister visited Ukraine in June of last year, and the British prime minister visited Ukraine in August of last year. In other words, Biden visiting Ukraine in February 2023? Not so brave. Besides, no bravery is required when the risk of you being harmed is zero. If Putin doesn't target Zelensky, indeed, he personally pledged that he wouldn't harm him, according to former Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, then what are the chances that he will target Biden? First of all, as a rule, countries don't target the leaders of other countries in wartime. Call it a gentleman's agreement, honor among thieves, self-interest, whatever you want. They simply don't. Second, killing Biden would be about the dumbest thing Putin could do. And Putin is no dummy. Even his greatest critics admit that. Why would it be dumb? Very simple, because killing Biden would immediately lead to a U.S. declaration of war against Russia. Even conservatives who detest both Biden and Zelensky, and I include myself in that group, would support such a declaration. Since allowing a foreign country to kill your president is simply a non-starter to anyone who has even an ounce of national pride. So Biden's life was never in danger. And brave is about the last word I would use for someone who cowered in his basement for two years and then, like a two-year-old child, wouldn't walk around without his blanket. Sorry, his COVID mask. But let me address the larger issue as well, which is the war in Ukraine. This war is our fault, pure and simple. For 30 years, Russia has essentially been begging us to treat it like any other country. In other words, stop treating it as a threat. For 70 years, we had to treat Russia as a threat. Why? Because it was a leading state in the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union was ideologically committed to defeating the West. According to Marxist doctrine, communism has to replace capitalism, which means that the US, the torchbearer of capitalism, had to be defeated. The Cold War, however, is over. Newsflash, it's over. Russia is no longer a communist country. It therefore has no more interest in conquering the U.S. or Germany or France or England than Brazil or Zimbabwe does. Nothing in Russia's history suggests that it poses any kind of threat to Western Europe. At worst, it poses a threat to Eastern European countries like Lithuania, Latvia, and Poland, all of which, to one degree or another, were part of the Russian empire at one point in its history. I personally don't believe Putin has any interest in conquering these countries either, but that's the very most anyone can reasonably claim about Putin's designs. Russia has no designs whatsoever on Western Europe. And yet, for 30 years, Western Europe, backed to the hilt by the U.S., has continued treating Russia as an enemy, and has continued moving NATO weapons further and further east. Now, NATO was formed specifically to protect Western Europe from the Soviet Union. Once the Soviet Union disbanded, NATO should have been disbanded as well. But it did not disband. Instead, it moved east, despite a promise from the United States to Russia in the early 1990s that it would do no such thing. In 1997, 50 foreign policy experts sent President Clinton a letter warning that expanding NATO would be, quote, a policy error of historic proportions, end quote. They said it would, quote, strengthen the non-democratic opposition in Russia undercut those who favor reform and cooperation with the West, and bring the Russians to question the entire post-Cold War settlement, end quote. George Kennan, who came up with the containment policy that helped us win the Cold War, said about NATO expansion in the late 1990s, I think, quote, it is a, a tragic mistake. There was no reason for this whatsoever. No one was threatening anybody else, end quote. Clinton's defense secretary, William Perry, almost resigned in protest at the proposed expansion of NATO. He writes in his memoirs that when he tried to explain the Russian point of view to others in the United States government, quote, the response that I got was really, who cares what they think? They're a third-rate power. And of course, that point of view got across to the Russians as well, end quote. In the end, Clinton ignored all the critics, and two years later, NATO accepted within its ranks Poland, Hungary, and the Czech Republic. Since then, the following countries have also joined NATO. Bulgaria, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, Albania, Croatia, Montenegro, and North Macedonia. In 1962, I will remind you, we were willing to risk nuclear war with the Soviet Union over its missiles in Cuba. We said it's absolutely unacceptable for the USSR to place deadly missiles just 90 miles away from our shores. The American public backed President Kennedy when he demanded that the Soviet Union remove these missiles. And till today, Americans believe that we were in the right. And yet, when Putin says the very same thing, when he says, I don't want enemy missiles positioned so close to my border, we dismiss his concerns as silly and ignore them. We've been ignoring Russia's security concerns for 30 years now. At a moment of supreme stupidity, the U.S. in 2014 backed or even perhaps orchestrated, a coup in Ukraine. For eight years following this coup, a civil war raged in eastern Ukraine between backers of the new government, which was installed against Ukrainian law, and backers of the old government. Approximately 13,000 people were killed in this war. And no, I'm not making this up, and this is not Russian propaganda. Google it yourself. It's on Wikipedia. It's elsewhere as well. 13,000 people were killed in that war. The losses roughly split between the, the two sides. In 2015, John Mearsheimer, a professor at the University of Chicago, warned that our anti-Russia policy will lead to Ukraine's destruction. Take a listen. What's going on here is that the West is leading Ukraine down the primrose path. And the end result is that Ukraine is going to get wrecked. And I believe that the policy that I'm advocating, which is neutralizing ukraine and then building it up economically and getting it out of the competition between russia on one side and nato on the other side is the best thing that could happen to the ukrainians what we're doing is encouraging the ukrainians to play tough with the russians well as i said to you before if they do that the end result is that their country is going to be wrecked their country is going to be wrecked he said and yet we continued on We ignored Putin's security concerns, and we encouraged Ukraine to grow bolder and bolder. Shortly before this war started, Zelensky even floated the possibility of Ukraine developing nuclear weapons. That's how bold we encouraged it to get. In short, this war, as far as I'm concerned, is our fault. I'm not a pacifist. Quite the opposite. But we backed Putin into a corner and essentially gave him no choice but to start this war. And Putin, contrary to what you may read in the news, is not targeting innocent civilians. Let me tell you what targeting innocent civilians looks like. On the night of March 9, 1945, we launched what is known as the bombing of Tokyo. We killed 100,000 civilians in a single night. According to the United Nations, Putin has killed 7,000 civilians in Ukraine over the course of an entire year. Let me ask you. Now that you know that a country is capable of killing 100,000 civilians in a single night, do you think only 7,000 civilians would be dead in Ukraine after an entire year of fighting if Putin were targeting innocent civilians? It's an absurd claim. This war must end. It's not benefiting us, and it's certainly not benefiting Ukraine. The country is being decimated. And yet, the U.S. continues to pour billions and billions of dollars into the country. Why? To what end? Why didn't we help Naftali Bennett broker a peace deal between Russia and Ukraine at the beginning of the war? Why did we instead help kill this peace deal, as Bennett recently said we did? We're acting like little children. It's time for us to grow up. Stop funding the war in Ukraine. And let the two countries work out some sort of deal between themselves. It's none of our business what happens in Ukraine. And it doesn't affect our national security in the least. I do know what does affect our national security. That would be our stupid alienation of Russia, which has led Russia to turn to China for assistance. Unlike Russia, China actually does pose a threat to us. And thanks to our stupidity, we have now pushed Russia into China's camp. If the war ends now, there's an outside chance that Russia can be wooed away from the Chinese. But it's probably too late. Either way, every day the war continues, more Ukrainians die, more Russians die, and the U.S. dollar grows weaker and weaker. Let's stop financing this war now.